0: Welcome to another edition of San Luis Valley Voices, an SL Voices production. Without further ado, enjoy the program.
1: For 40 consecutive years, the Monte Vista Crane Festival has been a staple event in town, celebrating the spring migration of the Sandhill Cranes. From old favorites like guided bus tours, the Craft and Nature Fair, and keynote speakers to newer happenings such as the Swoop of the Cranes art project and a 5k walk run, there's something for everyone to enjoy. This spectacular festival is a collaborative effort between the Friends of the San Luis Valley National Wildlife Refuges, the San Luis Valley National Wildlife Complex, the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce, and the City of Monta Vista. A visit to the Monta Vista Crane Festival is your opportunity to see an amazing natural spectacle as well as experience a unique local community nestled in the high alpine desert of the San Luis Valley. In this podcast, event organizers guide you through the highlights of the 2023 festival taking place March 10th Through March 12th, the 40th Anniversary Crane Festival happens in beautiful and historic Monta Vista, Colorado, where the cranes meet the mountains.
2: I'm Adam, and for 40 years in a row, the annual Monta Vista Crane Festival has taken place throughout the San Luis Valley. And while the festivities, viewing, and more are primarily focused on Monta Vista, the ability to enjoy these wonderful birds can be observed throughout the area. And to find out more about this year's event, what's planned, and a whole lot more, we got together with Deb Callahan. Deb is a co-coordinator this year with Jenny Nearing and Amanda Charlton. Amanda is featured on this year's video, and we're going to find out a lot more about her as well. Let's first go around the table. Deb, where are you from, and how did you end up here in the San Luis Valley?
3: I was born in northern Colorado, but the hospital was in Wyoming, so I claimed dual citizenship, dual nativity ah. <laughs> with Colorado and Wyoming. But I lived most of my life on the Front Range, went to college at University of Northern Colorado, and worked in Denver for many years. My last job, I spent 10 years doing wildlife biology, and particularly birds, and always had an interest in birds. I mean, my parents always had a pair of binoculars at the dining room table, and we were always watching birds out the windows as we were eating and discovering birds, so always been interested, and somehow, I don't remember how, found out about the crane migration coming through my Monta Vista. So I came down to see them. And my most memorable visit, I remember, was probably about 1984. And I got to see one of the whooping cranes that was in with the sandhill crane. So that was really special. Because we no longer see the whooping cranes here at Monta Vista. When I retired, I was looking for a place to live and came back through the valley and just said, this is it. I was down here watching the cranes, drove up in the mountains, found a cabin and said, this is where I'm going to retire. So I've been here ever since. (laughs) And it's home.
2: Well, How did you get involved with the crane festival itself?
3: Well, just being interested in wildlife, I started going to the refuges and met up with folks that were volunteering for the refuges to help with educational. I think I first started volunteering for the Kids Crane Fest we have in the fall and then started volunteering for the Monta Vista Crane Festival and doing things. And eventually they invited me to help coordinate it.
2: Well, Ben, how about you? Where are you from and how did you end up here in the mighty San Luis Valley?
4: I was born and raised in Long Island, New York, and I moved out west when I was 21 years old. Just traveled all throughout the western states, finally met my now husband in Moab, Utah. He was born and raised in Monta Vista, so of course we ended up settling down here in in the valley. I am an avid horsewoman. I adopt and train Mustangs. That's my biggest passion. And I'm also an artist. So that's my primary role, I suppose. And yeah, my other greatest passion in life.
2: Long Island.
4: Yeah, Long Island. Yeah, (laughs) Strong Island, I always say.
2: Where on the island?
4: Huntington.
2: And I asked because I grew up outside of Buffalo, actually. Did you really? Yes.
4: Oh, wow. That's amazing.
2: So, how did you end up working with the Crane Festival?
4: I'm an artist. I have been an artist my entire life. Definitely one of the first and foremost ways that I choose to express myself. So when we moved to the valley, it's just an amazing place to create art. I get to spend a lot of time by myself enjoying nature. And the Crane Festival stumbled upon my artwork and asked me to paint a crane for them for their Swoop of the Cranes event that they also do during the Crane Festival. So that's how I got involved.
2: That is an absolutely amazing thing, too, to see all the artists work downtown every year, put on by, of course, our local chamber of commerce here. It's just a neat thing because there's so many great artists in the valley, Mm -hmm. and each one of them, of course, attacks that crane in a different way Absolutely, to drive through downtown every year and go, oh, wow.
4: There's so
3: much talent here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing.
2: It really is. And
3: I've really seen that it brings people into town and really makes them spend time in downtown walking around. And I've done that with friends. We walk around and look to every crane. It's like a walking art tour. It is. It
2: really is. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you go on social media and it's all over the place. Yeah. Yep. Certainly ties right into the Crane Festival every year. And this is, wow, the 40th anniversary of the Grange Festival. Is that consistent, Deb?
3: Yes, we have held it every year. Even during the first year of COVID, we decided to go online, and we did it all online, so we didn't miss a year. We had great response to that, and now we're building up, and then this year we're getting back to all our activities, plus a few more.
2: That is one of the big questions I've already had, is are the tours going to happen this year? The
3: bus tours are back.
2: Oh, wonderful. That what's changed over the years for the Crane Festival? If I'm not mistaken, when it first began, it was more of a celebration of the whooping crane?
3: Well, that's what made it special. There were never that many whooping cranes that came through here. There were always just a few. Mm -hmm. But that made it stand out from other crane festivals, and especially the Crane Festival of the West that primarily have just the greater and the lesser Sandhill cranes. Nebraska has whooping cranes. They do have those come through, but compared to other Western ones that take place in like Utah or Arizona, they didn't have the whooping cranes. So it was called the Whooping Crane Festival up until, well, I think it was 1992. Mm-hmm. And then whooping cranes were no longer migrating with the sandhill cranes here. It was an attempt to reintroduce them back into this flyway, but it just wasn't successful for several reasons. So they switched the name to Monta Vesta Crane Festival, and it's been that way ever since.
2: If you have never gone south to our wildlife refuge here, it is an unbelievable sight when they're in full migration here. Yeah. It's like nothing you have ever seen. So your keynote speaker this year from the International Crane Foundation, the co-founder, Dr. George Archibald, is going to be your keynote speaker this year? Yes. Can you tell me about him and what he'll be talking about?
3: He'll be talking about just the work through the years of conservation with all crane species. The International Crane Foundation is an incredible group that focuses on cranes throughout the world. And it just so happens it's their 50th anniversary. Really? Yeah. So that's they actually reached out to us and said, we'd like to come and tell you more about what we've been doing. And they have a new facility. I think George talked to us about six years ago. There's a new facility now that I haven't gotten to go to yet. But hopefully one of these days I'll get to go and you get to see. I think they have almost every crane species there and you get to see those cranes. So he's just a wonderful speaker and has just such a breadth of knowledge about cranes. So we're really looking forward to having him back this year.
2: You've had some really phenomenal keynote speakers over the years. I don't doubt that Dr. Archibald will be any less phenomenal than some of the others. And there are just so many things that happen during the Crane Festival, too. What are some of the other things that are going on? It's a full-packed weekend.
3: Yeah, and actually right before our keynote speaker, which is going to be Saturday night at 7 p.m., we're going to have the world premiere of our video.
2: And this is the video that's featuring you, Amanda, right? Yes. Without giving away too much, what can you tell us about it?
4: I can tell you that I think it's an incredible way to experience the San Luis Valley through the eyes of one artist. I think that our filmmakers did an incredible job doing that, just bringing the natural beauty that we get to see every day and turning that into this amazing work of art.
2: And you actually do paint work too. I'm
4: an acrylic painter, so that's what I do mostly.
2: Is there anywhere we can see your work?
4: You can head to my website, samandacharltonart.com, and there's tons of artwork up there.
2: And that link, of course, and a lot of other links will be on this podcast webpage. If you want to find out about the Friends of the SLV Wildlife Refuge, finding out how to register about the Crane Festival in particular. We'll have links, of course, to the Chamber because they are hosting the Craft and Nature Fair too. So we'll have all those links available on this podcast page. If you're listening and you're driving or something, check on the page and you can find all of that information. What else can you tell me, Amanda, about the video? Anything or you don't want to release too much?
4: I can tell you that one of my Mustangs makes an appearance, so that's kind of fun, Bodie. I can tell you that you get to experience the cranes in the morning time when they are about to take off for the day. And from a firsthand experience, that's probably one of the most magical things I've ever seen. So if you aren't able to make it to the Crane Festival this year, getting to see the video online whenever it's posted would be a great way for you to get a, a small example of what that's like.
2: And you're right, out there in the it morning. It is so special. Right before they take it's off. It's amazing. It's noisy. It <laughs> is so noisy.
4: It's it's so noisy and it's like so ethereal with the sun rising and the fog coming off of the water. It's really, really neat.
2: An artist's dream, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Deb, how do you feel the Crane Festival impacts Monta Vista and the surrounding communities? And if I'm not mistaken, y'all did a study a few years ago about this.
3: Yeah, we did an economic study in 2020, kind of the last time we had our full Crane Festival. And yeah, we found out there was a huge economic impact to the valley.
2: It's a huge impact.
3: Yeah, yeah, really large impact. I mean, we're talking about, I think it was close to 3 million.
2: Mm. I think
3: it was more than that. And we do, we fill up the hotels, we've got people eating out, we've got people buying gas. Yeah, it's a huge impact to the valley. And probably the biggest event that Monta Vista has that brings people truly from outside the valley because we've got people coming from Denver. We've got people coming from Santa Fe, Albuquerque. Occasionally, we've got people coming from California. When we do our online things and we're going to continue posting things online, we get people from all over the world.
2: I've heard actually people coming from outside the United States.
3: Yeah, we had, I think, a couple people last year from England.
2: It is a huge event.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Amanda, from a new perspective, why would you say people should come to the Crane Festival?
4: I think people should come to the Crane Festival I think similar to what Deb was saying, we live in such a rural area here in the San Louis Valley, Colorado. To me, it's one of the last untouched gems of Colorado as far as not being super gentrified, still sort of holding true to Western ideals and the beautiful nature that we have. It hasn't been totally built up yet. So I think it's an incredible opportunity to see the valley in its current state before it inevitably changes, one. And two, getting to see the wildlife is absolutely incredible. And then and three, I mean, from an artist's perspective as well, I think the creative events that happen during the Crane Fest are really amazing. I mean, personally, I introduced two new artists to painting a crane this year who have never painted a crane before. And their cranes are just like they blew my mind. So it's really it's an amazing cultural thing, too. So I think from all sides, all aspects.
2: What can people expect? There's three days that this whole festival is going on. Can you give me kind of an overview of what's going on each day?
3: Each day, of course, we've got the Craft and Nature Fair going on. And then starting early in the morning, we get people up early and they get on the bus at 7 a.m. And we have experts on the buses and quite a few of the folks are staff from the wildlife refuge. And they're going to tell you about the wildlife refuge. They're going to tell you about the cranes, give you the history, life information about the cranes. And then they're going to drive you down to the refuge and get a chance to see the cranes. And the reason why you want to ride the bus is this is where you're going to learn where to see the cranes. If you've never been down here before. It's a great way to learn. We take you to a place where a farmer has grown barley in cooperation with the refuge, and the refuge hangs on to that barley. They don't mow it down in the fall like the other farmers do. We keep it standing, and then right as the cranes are arriving from New Mexico, they've eaten most of their food when they've arrived here, so they arrive hungry. They're ready for more food, and they know they can find it here. And so the refuge mows the barley fields, and they've got at least three big circles that they do, and they kind of do them one at a time so they can spread the food out. Because these cranes are here for six weeks at least, Mm -hmm. because they're really like, we've really got to bulk up on our food, and they're also starting to kick out the young. This is when the pears, they've had their young with them for almost an entire year. And when they arrive here, they're like, time to go out on your own. (laughs) And then they're also, they're dancing, which is a spectacular thing to see because they're reinforcing their pair bond as they're here. And so they're getting ready to do their migration north. So several things are all going on. They're dancing, the male and the female are crawling together. And they're like, yeah, let's do this. We're going to go breed again and raise one or two more young again. So they're here for that while to really rest, feed up, and get ready to take that big trip to the north.
2: If people can't take the tour, there is a map that you have available too, so people can actually drive around on their own and look as well.
3: Yeah, and we've got all that on our website. Really, the best thing to do is to go down and take the tour loop from the Monta Vista Refuge, and there's a map how to get to that tour loop. It is about six and a half miles south of Dairy Queen, and you'll see the Monta Vista Refuge sign just turn in towards the buildings, and that will lead you to a really nice loop that will take you around If you get there before sunrise, which you can go on the refuge an hour before sunrise, you can be there and see the cranes take off. But my favorite place to be is on Highway 15, there's some pullouts. Mm -hmm. The cranes fly over that. So they leave their field early in the morning, you know, as the sun's starting to hit. And then they're flying to places they're going to feed, like the pullout on 8 South. And they'll be flying and you'll see these big V's and they'll come from other places too. They not only roost on the refuge, but they roost out in any wetland they can find or farmer's field. Or they want a nice big view overnight where they can see if there's any coyotes approaching them where they feel safe. In the morning, they're all gathering and going to places where they know they can get food.
2: I was going to say, there's a couple of places, too, that I can think of. One, 285, if you're coming from Swatch, before you get to the Rio Grande River, off on the left, there's a big field. And typically, I've seen a lot out there. Yep. And there's one out just east of the co-op. Yeah. Great big field out there. They tend to congregate in it as well.
3: Yeah. And we're seeing more and more cranes over by Fort Garland because there's barley out there. Actually, the Trinchera Ranch grows barley out that way. And there's wetlands over near the sand dunes. And we're seeing more and more cranes there. So it's a good thing when the cranes spread out. the cranes pretty much come up to the Monte Vista Refuge in the spring in mass. They leave New Mexico, the Bosqui del Apache Refuge, places around Albuquerque, the Bernardo area, and they can do it in one day. They wait for the wind. They won't fly against the wind, but when the wind is blowing out of the south, they just get up in the air, and they, I think, come up here, a lot of them, and just in one day, and they get here, and they're looking for places to roost. So that's 20,000, 20 to 22, maybe 24,000, depending on the year, or be here all at once. That's what makes spring special. Fall, they're here, but they trickle in. They're not here all at the same time, but spring is just a really special event.
2: And again, it's just something you have to go experience to understand all of them at one time, getting ready to come in in the morning, coming back in the evening. And of course, all day long, you can hear them all over the San Luis Valley. Very, very distinct call that they have. Yep. Once you know it, you look up, yep, there they are.
3: Yeah. When I lived in Denver, I remember getting ready to come down here one weekend and I was packing the car. It was fall. I heard cranes fly over my house outside Denver. And I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll see you see down you in the soon. valley. <laughs> and so I headed down, and they are heading down. And I've heard them up on passes and, yeah, all over the place.
2: Now, I understand that we see typically here the greater and the lesser sandhill crane, but there are actually, what, six subspecies?
3: Yeah, there are. There's a Canadian subspecies. I think they've combined a couple of them, but there's the eastern species and we get primarily the greater sandhill cranes and Nebraska gets primarily the lesser sandhill cranes. And the lessers are a little bit smaller. Sometimes they can have a little more red staining on them that will differentiate them. But unless you see them side by side, sometimes you can't tell. And I think over the last few years, we're seeing more and more lesser sandhill cranes come through here. So you might notice those if you see some cranes close together. It's not the young, because the young that migrate with the parents, by the time they get here, they're the same size as the parents. So if you see a size difference, it's the lesser sandhill crane and the greater sandhill crane.
2: And you said they primarily eat barley?
3: They do here in the valley. They eat other things in other places down at the Bosque del Apache Refuge in New Mexico. They grow primarily corn for them. They're lower elevation, they've got more water, they can grow corn. Corn is not a crop we grow here in the valley, but barley is. And it's grown all over the valley and the grains will feed on waste grain from those fields and that happens a lot in the fall. They don't find so much of it in the spring because it's mostly gone or it's covered by snow. That's why they concentrate on the refuge in the spring, but in the fall, they spread out and they go out to the farmer's field and eat the waste grain. Yeah, and our farmers really like the cranes and, you know, they work together. I've watched one of the farmers picking up bales of alfalfa and the cranes are just kind of walking out of the way, just slowly. They don't care. They know him. He knows them.
2: <laughs> There's a natural cycle here going on, too. They're taking the grain in and their waste helps fertilize the land. I would think it's kind of a very good symbiotic relationship. Very good. Yeah. Conservation efforts ongoing for the cranes, what can you tell me about that?
3: Well, this crane population is really in good shape. I know there is concern what's going to happen over the years, especially here in the Valley, because we have less and less water available, and that might mean less and less wetlands available for the cranes to roost, Mm -hmm. and possibly less and less food for the cranes There was a study and there's been a couple PhD students have worked down here out of Fort Collins and they're looking at how much of the cranes need, do we have the ability to sustain that amount. And for right now, we think we do and we think the cranes are in good shape. But we're just looking to the future and making sure those resources are going to be available for the future, the food and the places to roost. Those are the two things they really need when they're here.
2: It's the valley too. We always have concerns over water. Yep website mvcranefest.org. Yep. Actually loaded with information on what you can see, what you can do, what to expect here. Of course, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram as well. And you can donate even to the Crane Festival. You're a nonprofit organization? We are
3: a nonprofit underneath the Friends of the San Luis Valley National Wildlife Refuges.
2: We'll have their contact information there as well. Of course, how to register if you want to be a vendor through our Chamber of Commerce. A lot of collaborative partners you work with, too, on this whole thing. Remember from the list, it's the Friends of the San Luis Valley National Wildlife Refuges. Of course, you're working with our local chamber, working with the City of Monte Vista, and the San Luis Valley National Wildlife Complex, too. So there's a whole group of people that put this thing on.
3: Yeah, it's really a collaborative effort, you know, and for the Fish and Wildlife Service, who is the San Luis Valley National Wildlife Refuge Complex, this is their biggest public outreach that goes on for them throughout the whole year. And so it's really a big event to showcase our refuges and what our refuges do for wildlife, not only the cranes, but for ducks. And that's pretty special. That's one thing we haven't talked about. We see thousands of ducks here in the spring. And my favorite duck, the pintail duck, is just so beautiful and so striking. And we get thousands of those. So it's pretty spectacular. If you're not watching thousands of cranes, you're watching thousands of ducks.
2: Throughout the year, there are different things to see down at the Wildlife Refuge right here. And, oh, yeah. and again, it's just, what, seven, eight miles south of the main interchange right here in Monte Vista. Very, very easy to find.
3: Yeah, it definitely is. And we've got one of the biggest nesting cinnamon teal sites in the U.S., which another master's student, I think it was, found out when she went out and did that survey. And another bird that people really don't know about here, and we don't see them quite as early as when the cranes are here. But white faced ibis. We've got over 600 white faced ibis that nest here in the valley. And it's kind of a little secret that people don't know about. And unless you kind of just, yeah, yeah, you anybody. just come in the summer and in the spring, you might happen to see them flying around, but they nest on some of the wetlands out on the refuge. And it's very important for them.
2: 40th Annual Monte Vista Crane Festival. It is taking place March. 10th, 11th, and 12th this year. Certainly invite you out to take in some of the activities. Just a lot to see, a lot to do. Keynote speakers, you have special guests coming in. The bus tours are going on again this year, which is a huge favorite with people. They love the tours. Yep. And I would say sign up early for them, correct?
3: Yeah. We have a lot of tickets for the morning and the evening tours, so sign up. But the special tours usually are fairly limited. So some of those are already sold out, but you know, every once in a while somebody will cancel, so just keep looking. I think we've still got spots with our raptor tour, which is put on by Hawks Aloft out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. In my mind, and I've birded all over the United States, this is one of the best places in the country to see raptors. And wintertime, we've got special raptors here that just winter here. The rough-legged hawk, you might see a prairie again, you might see a merlin, you're going to see for sure some kestrels, you have red-tailed hawks. I mean, it's just great raptor viewing. So, and that's a really good tour to go on. And I'm pretty sure we still have some spots left on that one. And then this year, we've got the special tour archaeological site which fingers crossed that we've got dry roads because that one kind of depends on that we can go in and see an archaeological site. And we're doing that in cooperation with the Forest Service. Another favorite that's been kind of new we've been doing last years is go out to Elephant Rocks. And that's a special place. And we've got a couple experts from the BLM that come out and tell you all about Elephant Rocks. If you've never been there, it's a really unique rock formations and beautiful place, really unique.
2: Well, Deb, anything else that you would like to mention? Anything we'd skipped over?
3: We have a brand new event this year. We had a community member come to us and propose to do a 5K race or walk. Oh. So that's going to be a new event this year. Yeah, so check on our website. We're getting that one up and going so that you can register to do that. It's going to start at the Sky High building and go out towards Home Lake and the Veterans Home and then come back to Sky High and we'll have t-shirts for people and that'll take place on Saturday at 10 a.m. So yeah, that's going to be a new event and, and we think that'll be really nice and people will get to run or walk and listen to the cranes as they're making a loop and then contribute to our Monta Vista Community ambulance service.
2: And most everything is kind of centrally focused around the new Outcult event and conference at the Sky High Event Center.
3: That's right. Yeah, this year we're having even our keynote speakers and our other speakers are going to be out there in the new event center, the banquet room. So we'll be utilizing that and Hawks Aloft, which haven't been here for a couple of years either, will have their live birds. So your chance to get up close and personal with some owls and some raptors, you know, it's a great opportunity to really see them. And I think Amanda might really enjoy going over there and drawing or painting oh, yeah. some of those birds. Yeah. 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 It's a great opportunity to get really close.
2: They're always a draw when yep. they come. They Big bring draw. some great birds and they're very knowledgeable people. You can learn a lot from them as well. Yep. Amanda, anything else that you'd like to add to this?
4: I definitely think folks should check out the Monta Vista Crane Festival's new video. Um, It'll cover a lot of the locations that we chatted about today. You'll get to see elephant rocks. You'll get to see the cranes in the morning time. All of those beautiful things. And yeah, I definitely would love to invite folks to check out my artwork
3: at amandacharltonart.com. And we mentioned earlier that Amanda painted a crane for us, which has not been seen yet. We've been holding that back. So you will get to see her painted crane at the world premiere of the video and at the keynote. So that will be in Sky High in the banquet room. So we're very excited to reveal that because it's a beautiful crane. And we're going to keep that with the Crane Festival throughout the years
2: nice we appreciate you participating in the swoop of the cranes this is called too again very unique event unique to our town ties perfectly in i just love seeing the different perspectives that artists take it's just a lot of fun to see and again of course the big uh, arts and crafts festival going on out at uh, sky high as well throughout the weekend put on our chamber too huge collaborative effort with a lot of people coming together to make this thing happen i think it's wonderful
3: And I think one thing that this crane festival offers that you don't get at other crane festivals is our beautiful mountain backdrop. Oh, yeah. That just really makes, I think, us stand out from other locations and the photographs you can get of cranes flying in front of pink, white mountains, you know, and that mountain backdrop is just really special. And. It's our belief in the committee that people need nature. People really benefit from getting out in nature. And this is one of the most spectacular nature events that you can witness, I think, in the western United States is to see 20,000 sandhill cranes. Last year, we had some really interesting weather going on in the spring. We had some big thunderstorms. I was able to watch the cranes with a backdrop of lightning and dark clouds. And it was some of the most spectacular viewing I've ever seen. It was just beautiful with swirling clouds of cranes and thousands of cranes and we really encourage you to get out and experience this.
2: You were mentioning Amanda earlier too you're basically in these pull-offs you're west of where the cranes are there to your east and then looking just back beyond that it's that Sangre de Cristo mountain range and watching the sun come up. How do you describe something like that? You, you can't.
4: You can't just say it's heavenly like it's really really special.
2: 40th anniversary of the Monte Vista Crane Festival happening this year, March 10th, 11th, and 12th. We certainly invite you out or drop by the website, find out more information if you have a chance. This is a natural event you just don't want to miss. Deb, Amanda, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you Adam. Adam.
1: For more information on this year's 40th anniversary Monta Vista Crane Festival, visit mvcranefest.org. That's mvcranefest.org. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Happening March 10th, 11th, and 12th this year, the Crane Fest promises to be an event you won't soon forget. Watch the Sandhill Cranes during their spring migration. Enjoy the craft and nature fair. Listen to knowledgeable, special speakers. Be a part of this world premiere Crane Fest video. Participate in the 5K walk and run. Take a stroll downtown and enjoy the Swoop of the Cranes art project and so much more. That's the 40th anniversary Monta Vista Crane Festival and it's taking place March 10th, 11th and 12th. Mona Vista, Colorado welcomes you.
0: We appreciate you telling your friends to listen to the podcast on slvoices.com and check out our extensive calendar of events, the most listings in the valley. You can help spread the word, too, by joining our Facebook group, SL Voices, Your Voice in the San Luis Valley, and liking our post on other social media outlets. Also, check out our Instagram page for occasional behind-the-scenes looks at what we do. And please, patronize our local sponsors. Remember to support the businesses here in the Valley. Most are owned and operated by your family, friends, and neighbors. We all love this area, want to see it flourish, and you can help by buying and supporting locally in your own and surrounding communities. Check back for another local podcast soon. Until then, this has been San Luis Valley Voices, in SL Voices production.